This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Well, I know we're just over a week into, into 2021, but Happy New Year. I haven't, we ain't done one since. It's been ages. Oh well, no, it hasn't been that way actually. But it's been a while since we had a guest. But yeah, it's not been that. You've you've not been well. It wasn't it wasn't the COVID. But you feeling better? Well, it might have been. I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I feel like I have two weeks. I'm alright now. But well, I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm not dead. So I'm one of the ninety nine point seven percent. So um, yeah, You're not, not going to become but... a statistic. <laughs> no, I didn't want to. <laughs> but. But the win yesterday certainly upped my mood anyway. Yeah, yeah, that was... Solid win. I, I thought of uh, ugly win. Yeah, which... it's the ugliest we've had under, under um, Malmsey, put it that way. Yeah, we're going to need some more of them. It'll probably be in the next game as well. The next game against Grimsby is absolutely huge. It's a sad sentence to say that. Southend versus Grimsby is absolutely huge. That's how far we've yeah. fallen. But that's where we're at. And that, that game yeah. is massive. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame, isn't it? <laughs> but no, we, I thought we played well yesterday, really. You know, um, we certainly made the better chances. And for all the ball they had, yeah, for much, much of the ball they had, as they had, should I say, um, they didn't really do anything with it. Um, I thought we were well worth the win. So, uh, and particularly when they, we had they, 10 they, men. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, you sent it to us separately, but I thought you was bang on. It's um, <clears throat> They're actually by no means the worst thing we played. Uh, but they were just caught in that trap of just trying to play that stupid football where it's just not going to work at this level. And it's, it, yeah, and they did, yeah, just caught in that trap, I think. Um, good to see a win with 10 men, you know. It's, it's something else we haven't done in a while. So. Yeah, I wonder when the last time was we done that. That's a good shout. Uh, yeah, and it, it's all it's all part of the, the confidence, I think, isn't it? You know, um, oh, massively, yeah. Make no mistake about it. You know, I've never been... Dieng's biggest fan but the last month or two he's absolutely tra- transformed his South End career to be honest mm. uh, he was unbelievable this stuff there's about three or four passes he done were just were unreal 
I mean, I think, I think, you know, it didn't really get in his locker. So, you know, it's all part of the, you know, the, the, the morale and the confidence, I think. Yeah. Two of those balls were after the red card as well. So really, I, yeah. I think we, we ended up with the, the better, more clear-cut chances after the red card. And we, we obviously that's, didn't that's take what, that's what I mean. I, I think we fired the better chances. Um, I think apart from one, I mean, actual proper save where he's had to tip it over, the rest he just caught, I think. Obviously, yeah. I might be doing a disservice there, but I'm not saying you know, just caught, but you know, it, it wasn't like he was tested all guy. Yeah, routine. You're, it wasn't like you're, he was tested. I know what you mean. If if any of those go in, you're thinking he's made a howler. They're yeah, routine yeah. stuff. He, he made a fantastic yeah, a very, very save in the play. first half. Yeah, um, very good save. Um, which you know, outfield player pundits would say he saved with the wrong hand. That was a great save to get it over the bar. Very good yeah. Save. After that is yeah. Second half, he's it's routine stuff for him. Catching practice. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the, the new the new lad looked mustard. I thought. Yeah. Uh, he, I've seen a few comparisons on the zones of Colin Moore, and I think that's bang on. Not He's Barry Corn. Very, <laughs> not Barry Corn. No, no <laughs> idea. That, no idea where that one came from, but but he, you know, the way he's quite powerful, the way he's cuts on that left, it was just very Colin Moore esque. It's and been it a long just, time since we've had a striker that will get on the ball and just run at someone. Anyway, yeah, he, let's he, not he, get he, ahead he, of ourselves. It's one game. He didn't even play the whole game. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it was course, a yeah, yeah. Ve- very impressive debut. One of the most impressive debuts we've seen from a striker for, for quite some time. Like Stephen Humphreys had a very good debut a couple of years ago, but there ain't, there ain't been many strikers that have come in and, and hit the ground running and scored on the debut like that after about three minutes. Yeah, yeah. All we know, it was a yeah good good performance. Another four four in a, wins in a row now at home. Um, was it one one loss in seven or eight? So it's the form. The form. The form's great. We're linked with several players. You know, I, I think it's a. Um, it's so many reasons to be positive in a weird way. Even at the bottom of the league, it's strange. It's it is strange. Strange, strange position to be in, in that sense. But I do I do agree with you. It's strange. Yeah. But I think there's. There's lots to to certainly be positive about. I think we'll stay up. I'm I'm going to put it that bluntly. I think we'll stay up. I was always confident of staying up as long as we could sign players. And so the late it was getting, I was sort of, mm. you know, it was a bit squeaky bum time. But as soon as we can sign players, I had no no concerns. I still don't now. I'm genuinely not concerned about going down. I'm honestly not concerned about it. Mm. I think we'll start not comfortably, but I think we'll yeah. There's worse teams than us. That's that's why. Yeah. There's worse teams than us. Yeah. So. But yeah, we've um, we've managed to bag ourselves a guest, first one of the year. Yeah, yeah, a, a proper player at all. This, this is a player. This is a player. Yeah. A proper career. Proper. That's no disrespect to anyone's bad, but you know what I mean. Like, no, this is someone the, that's. Let's, let's run off the 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 former clubs, Norwich City, where played in the European Cup, beat Bayern Munich, Derby County, Premier League. Manchester City, Cardiff City, that is a, and and Leicester. I think I've got the order wrong, but they're they're the the former clubs. Yeah, massive stature of guests to 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 come and talk to us to. Have we have we, <laughs> man, have we managed this from the, from the from the other side of the world as he's going to work? So yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's obviously Spencer Pryor. Um, yes. We managed to catch him, for those who don't know, he lives in Australia now, so we managed to catch him 
um, while she's on the bus going to work. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah we're recording this after that we, we've obviously spoke to him. Uh, he is on his uh, daily commute, uh, so you will have to, you know, just accept there is a couple of tiny little lags in the signal, but he's on a bus, and not only that, he's on the other side of the world. So I think you can you can forgive us for that, or hope you can anyway. Yeah, and I, yeah, I enjoyed it. So um, I, hopefully anyone listening does as well. Yeah, all right, let's crack on. Spencer Pryor. I'm on a bus with a face mask on. Ah, oh, fair enough. How are you doing that, mate? You all right? Yeah, not so bad. As um, as the pandemic in Australia been? Yeah, it's um, yeah, we're all right. We're just um, we're back working. So um, the northern beaches, which is the area I'm in, we had a big lockdown over Christmas, but we've just come out of it now. So everybody seems to be getting back to normal. That's nice. We've 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 gone completely the other way. We're we're all back in hibernation, pretty much. It's, uh, you can't work it out, can you? You lot, you don't know what you're doing. No, nah. you've got no idea. No, we're, um, you know, want. I think since I don't know for the last three or four months, like our rules, our rules have changed every two, three weeks. It's just no consistency. We had a thing. We had twelve cases. I'm not kidding. Twelve cases um, on the northern beaches in Sydney. And they literally went locked down, wouldn't let us off the beaches. Um, and then they put us all into, they, stood, they shut everything down basically for four or five days. Um, over Christmas, they gave us, like, literally said, you can have five people at your house. And that's it. And then we, then we split the northern beaches into two areas. The northern dirty lot, they had to stay in lockdown and we could come out of it. But the rest of the time, it's, it's been done really regional here. Really regional. Yeah. It's kind of worked. It's really worked. I think we, we tried that with our little tier system thing, but I, I, they, they weren't stopping travel between between the tiers. And I, I just think that, yeah. So there'd be, there'd be nothing stopping travelling from one to three and vice versa. So, yeah, it's, it's just not going to work, is it? <laughs> yeah, it? So, like, yeah, we've done it. We've done all right here. Um, no, good. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Glad you're getting back to some sort of normality. How are you guys with your lockdown? How are you going? You all right? Uh, yes, I've just been saying to to Eden here. Yeah, I've just it's just boring, but you know, you kind of. I guess we are we are kind of almost used to it now, and like it's not nice to think like that. But we can't we can't change it, so you just got to you know puff your chest out and get on with it. I guess. Sure. And then we'll get there eventually. It is, it is tough, especially this time of year over here as well. It's, yeah. you know, it's a grim time of year at the best of times. And then, yeah. you know, can't can't do anything. Okay. But anyway, let's let's talk football. Nice positive start, <laughs> nice start to the conversation. Yeah. Let's go way back to your to your first yeah. spell at, uh, at South End. Brilliant. It's when, uh, when the shorts were short. I've seen I've seen some of the footage. <laughs> they, were really short. they were so short, then yellow shorts. They were proper spray-ons, weren't they? They were brilliant. <laughs> I 
they were so shiny. Yeah, so shiny and lovely and quiet. <laughs> so was it um was it was it Dave Webb that signed you for that for that first period? Well, I was already there, right? So right. I was already an apprentice. Um, year of my YTS. Um, so I was I was Justin Edinburgh was a year older than me. He was part of the year older intake. Okay. And then so I was in my second year of YTS when Dave Webb came back in. So during my YTS. I can't think who was in charge first. I know we had Big Bay. Yeah. He was there. Um, and then maybe Webby came in after Tick Bay. And it was just like a new lease of life, even for me, even as an apprentice. So I, rem- I remember one training session we did at Gloucester Park where we'd finished, we'd finished training and then Paul Clark wanted to do some attacking headers. So he called a couple of boys over to put some crosses in for him with a keeper in. And he wanted me to go in as the defender against him. And um, I, I, I didn't let him win a header. And I, seriously, I was only like <laughs> a 17-year-old. And he was trying to smash me about and he was trying to... Obviously, he wanted to score a goal because it was part mm. of what he was trying to do. Is part of his training. I'm like, fuck off! You're not winning one header. I'm not going to let you. <laughs> and Webby was walking across the park, and I don't even know if he'd actually started or if he was just about to start. But that was sort of my introduction and my motivation. Yeah. And then after that, we. We played two friendly games against Gothenburg and Crystal Palace. And he threw me in, in, the, in those like friendly games. And I don't know why we didn't, we weren't playing, but um, yeah, he threw me in against, against Gothenburg and, and Palace. And Wright and Bright were playing for Palace in that game. Yeah. So that was a, you know, it was just part of my education and good development. And then at the back end of the season, I, I got thrown in from the team. Uh, it was a struggling team. We were really, really going poorly at that time. We finished up getting relegated on the final day. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was that was the start. Do you think, do you think that's kind of missing now with with young players? Where, like you were saying there, you you were literally just just thrown in. Do you, do you think there's almost I don't know too too much in involvement with with academies now, where it's just you've got to be ready. It's about the individual whether they're they're mentally and physically ready to go to go in to senior yeah. football, the first team football. Um, you know, back in those days when we had the reserves, it was good because you. You either sunk or swam when you were thrown into the resi. Um, and, you know, no senior player likes playing in the resis, but the younger players use it as a good opportunity to, to, to get going. And, and you get to see where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with first thinking, well, like I said, you've got, to, you've got to take it on a case by case. You can't just do it on age, you've got to do it. Based on if they've got the mental toughness to, 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 to handle it 
and and also physically. Um, I, I, I wasn't. I, I don't actually think that I was probably physically ready for the for it, but you know, I was reasonably quick. So whatever I lacked in terms of my being able to um, understand the game and the speed of the, of the game, I, I tended to be able to use my speed to get me out of difficult situations. Yeah. But you're right. The academy, the academy, Sassman's academy is, is so under underrated. It's not mm. even funny. I mean, the amount of players it's developed that have been sold on, it is, it is incredible, yeah. actually, given what they've done. My issue I have with it is that I think the players have probably been sold too early. So mm. I would have loved to see more players coming through, thrown into the first team if they're ready, rather than going to like a Man U and United set up for, for Chelsea, you know, throw, put a, give, them, give them 20 games in the first thing, and you double the money you're getting for these kids, if not triple it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I've got a few other issues with it, but they'll stay, they'll stay off. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, though. I, th- I think there's a fair few youngsters <laughs> that, that have, have come through at South End and been sold on that they wouldn't have even heard of. There's been a few that have, have been in the first team, but yeah, there's there are there are loads that have just been been sold on for yeah a, a decent profit for someone that's you know never kicked a ball in the first team. But as you say, you make make even a handful of first team appearances. You would like to think that value bigger, would go up. Yeah, you're right. Look, the bigger clubs can just take a gamble on someone, right? Whereas Southend and the investment that they put in these players. To, to actually keep them back another couple of years and put them in the first thing that takes that takes a bit more a bit more investment that the clubs are like well look let's be honest the clubs clubs are on its art so it needs the money yeah um which is part of the reason why they've sold players when they've sold them but yeah. it's short term it's, it's real short term focus rather than long term sort of yeah definitely uh, understanding an idea of what you want to do yeah. yeah, yeah. What 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 camp are you in? Are you in, are you in the um, academy football or go back to the resis? If that makes sense, what one do you think is more beneficial? Uh, look, I think you can, I, I think you can do both. Eh? I think you can have an yeah. academy, particularly up to particularly up to under 18s, maybe even under 19s, and then and then then you should have a resis, which I think yeah. you, you've got the 23s over there, right? But there is, and I don't know how many players you can play. Overage players you can play in that, but you definitely should know. have reserve team football. Um, you know, we used to play against Arsenal and we'd have games against Tottenham and West Ham. Um, and I know the clubs try to organize, they try and organize games that are, are going to challenge them. But you definitely should be. You should. You should have ready. It toughens the younger players up and gets them ready. But it's also good for the senior players that are young. If if you've got if you've got a good group of senior players, not arseholes that don't want to play ready, but good players that want to help younger players come through, it's a great environment to 
have that opportunity to throw them in together, mix them in to get them so they can have to see the kids. Yeah. No, good stuff. Back to your your first spell at Southend. You um were part of the the side that, that played Tottenham, weren't you? Against uh Gary Dineker and Paul Gascoigne. Yeah, was it? Yeah, someone it was on I don't know, someone shared it on the, on a Twitter thing the other few weeks or maybe a couple of months ago because with some sort of anniversary of it. So I was like, oh, I'll have a little watch of that, a bit of the highlights. <laughs> to be fair, like, I was just, I was, um, I was young and raw. My, my, my one memory of the game was Paul Gascoigne smashing me in the chops, punching me <laughs> and running off laughing like a kid. <laughs> uh, we both went in for a tackle. But it was, you know, we, we were unlucky not to get through that day, really unlucky. And, um, well, we actually won the game. We won 3 2, didn't we? Was it away yeah, goals that done us? Yeah. It was away goals. I think we lost 1 0 at their place. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we had a good side that then. We had a side that really um, stuck together, fought for each other. Um, and, you know, being like I said, being a young player and sort of my real first year of being a pro. I had guys around me that helped me and encouraged me and supported me. You know, I had players like Paul Roberts on the right side. He never shut up. And then you'd have people like Dave Martin or, or Clarkey on the on the left hand or playing as a, a left sided centre back with me. So there were there were players around that would support and help me. You know, people like Peter Butler. We we just had a good group of guys that um, worked super hard for each other and dug in when we needed to dig in. And, you know, when you got someone like Crowley up front that, you know, if he's taking 35 shots a game, chances are he might hit the target with two. <laughs> <laughs> I love Crowley. I love Crowley. But he, he was a shoot on site. And... Um, he was he was very very underrated, um, but he you know he, he had some speed and he managed to score some goals. So it was, it was good good having players like him up front as well. So, yeah. So would you felt. would you say that was that was kind of the catalyst then for for that promotion in 1990-91, Like as you were saying there, just a, a good strong group. Very much so. Very much so. It was just all. all Players work for you know, it, it wasn't luck that we got promoted, it was just that players all stuck together and worked hard together. And I know they talk about that now that, oh, you know, the way we're going to get out of this is we're going to work harder. But you should already be doing that in the first place. That should absolutely be a given. There should be nothing left on the training park every any day. Yeah. And we didn't. So, you know, from, from a coaching and managing perspective, when managers turn around and say, we're going to have to work harder, I question what they're doing in the first place. Mm. But, yeah, that, that was never, ever an issue with, that, with the group that we had that first spell. Um, you, you, you feared for your, your place if you didn't work hard in training. Yeah. And Webby would soon call you out. And um, yeah, it, it, it was a given that that, that, that was that, that was um, a non-negotiable. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll make you right. I'll, I'll make you right. 
hard, hard work should be a given. Uh, obviously, we are yeah. we, we are we are a South End show, but we just want to touch quickly yeah. on like um, the middle part of your career. Um, not Norwich City and uh, yeah. playing against Bayern Munich, beaten Bayern Munich. Yeah, well, that was the reason I'm. I mean, the reason I kind of moved on from the South End when I did was I had that opportunity to go to. I, I actually had the opportunity at the time to go to either Wolves or to Norwich. And um, Norwich obviously had the European campaign. Wolves are throwing some money around and they just. They just, um, Jack Mortal or, or Jack Hale, whatever his name is, he was throwing money around and and I was quite excited by their project that they were doing there. But at the same time, Norwich were playing in Europe and I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, so, as a, the, way, the way that Mark Walker used to do it was when, when we played away, we'd go to a back three, which then meant I fitted into the team and, and he consequently would leave Gary Megson out, which is probably why I don't have a good relationship with Meggie. Um, so Meggie got to sit on the bench in the in the European <laughs> and I got to play. Um, I, we we went to Munich with no fear. We 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 had nothing to lose actually. So it was just a case of rocking up, doing the best we could. We were the all the little boys from Norwich that were going to play um, a mighty Bayern Munich that had never lost to an English team in the European in the European game at, at that stadium. And uh, yeah, we just went out and did what we did. We were it was a yeah again it was a class team, class class team with yeah. people like Brian Dunningdale, Ian Cook in midfield. Um, yeah, Chris Sutton up front. It was over the top shelf thing, and some real senior experienced players around. So again, for me, helping me out personally, being again only 23, I think I was at the time. Mm. And you know, you got you got players that still helping me out. And, and as a 23 year old, you think you're more you're a senior footballer, but you still need some good guidance and support of players around you. So I was probably a bit pissed off that the gold ace squad was my fault. Um, <laughs> still bright for me to this day, but you know, it's good. It's a good good start to the game, good way to go. And uh, obviously Jerry Goss is is God for the Norwich supporters and he should be. I mean he's got some massive goals at really crucial time. So yeah. Um, yeah. Good 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 time. Good, yeah. good fun. You you mentioned you mentioned Gary Megson there. Did he end up uh, manager? Or was he, he he was manager? He was a manager. Yeah. I had a massive fallout with him, mate. Eh? <laughs> yeah. We there quite good. a few people have, haven't they? He's um he's an interesting character. Yeah. Look, uh, uh, it was his first managerial job and um I'm sure if I saw him now, I would have a pint and I'd probably still smash him and say, like, I can't believe you did what you did with me. But there were things that were, there were things like his man management style with, with me personally was awful. Like, the stuff that was going on off the pitch, he, he, managed, he managed me really poorly at the time. 
and uh, yeah, it just soured, soured the taste that I had being at such a great club. And you know, I, I managed to get, I, got, I actually won the player of the year there, um, the year that I left, and, and I really enjoyed my time there, loved it actually. Um, but it, it did put a sour taste in my mouth, yeah. unfortunately. So, um, was Megson, was he manager after uh, Martin O'Neill? Yes. So, so you... Martin came in and, and he, like Martin came in and <laughs> some, some of the old boys, just, they couldn't, they couldn't handle it. Eh? They couldn't handle Martin's style. Um, and, and you had that as players, you, 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 you bond and form relationships certain managers and everyone got on with Mike Walcott. He was he's a lovely man. He was really good uh, in terms of getting getting players on the park, setting us up as a team. But once he left and, and Martin came in, Martin brought a different sort of mentality and how to do things. And, and some of the older boys struggled with it. Some of them went all right. But a couple, a couple really sort of found it tough going. He then left and went to, to Leicester. And we had a couple of managers in between. Sort of Maggie had a go, um, Dixie had a go. And then, and then uh, that was it. Then I joined Martin and went to Leicester with him. Yeah, so was that, was, was Martin O'Neill was obviously a big fan then if he, when he took you to Leicester? Yeah, look, I, I got on really well and I, and I played some good football under him at Norwich the way that he wanted to play. Um, and when he went, he couldn't obviously take me with him at the time, but he said, look, if you get promotion, then I'd, I'd probably like to bring you in. So they, they managed to beat, you know, beat Crystal Palace in the playoff, in the playoff final. Steve Clary scored in the last minute. Right. And I was I was watching that game almost as a Leicester fan, trying to <laughs> hoping they would get up because you know at the time I was back down in the Championship, I wanted to get back and playing in the Premier League, and um, yeah, it was it was done three days I think before the start of the season. We brought myself and Casey Keller in, and um, yeah, we were thrown straight in first three days in there, first game up at Roper Park against Sunderland, and we managed to. Get a new new draw, so yeah, straight back into it. We left up, which was um, again. I was really excited to go and play for Martin again, and, and also a new challenge back in the Prem. Yeah. Who, who they have playing from at the time then, Leicester? Because they, they you won the league cup, didn't you? Well, so it was myself and Steve Walsh. Um, we had met E. Elliot, but he came a little bit later in. He was cup tied, so there was myself, Steve Walsh. Uh, sometimes Julian Watts was at the back. Uh, Casey was in goal. Muddy is it. Uh, Neil Lennon, Steve Claridge, Gary Parker, Steve Guppy, um, Simon Grayson. But we had a, we had a. I, I don't want to call it a, not a talented team, but it was a team of misfits that were kind of thrown together. And, um, you know, apart from Emil, who'd come through the ranks, you know, Steve Clary did add about 25 clubs by the time he turned up at that <laughs> And, you know, um, 
Muzzy, is it, had been released from West Ham and, and Neil Lennon had been taken from crew. And, you know, these we, we were kind of a real misfit team, but had that, again, it was going back to kind of like the old South End days where mm. everyone just, just had utter belief in each other. And um, Martin was tactically unbelievable in the way that he set the team up week in and week out and also put the responsibility on the players to do their job and made you accountable for your one-on-one battles with your player that you were marking yeah. big time so you know you had to do a lot of your own research in terms of preparing and making sure that you were you were right for the game in terms of knowing what your opposition, his strengths, his weaknesses, and and that was that was something that was quite new to me to have that. Um, but it worked, and we were like I said, we won the league cup. We should have probably gone on and done better in the FA Cup. We got cheated by Chelsea in the quarterfinal, so we were actually I think we might have been eighth or tenth in the league as well. So. Lost him. Yeah, Mark's cut out. In a tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, Can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, mate. Cut. We lost you for a sec, though. Sorry. That's lovely. We're just talking about the old uh, Chelsea game. Yeah, I don't want to talk about I've had, I've had counselling shit over that one, so I don't want to do it anymore. Oh. Right, I'm in a good space now. I hold no grudges against Erlen Johnson, the cheating bastard. <laughs> oh. uh, we'll move on. We'll move on. Yeah, good. <laughs> so when um you uh you play for Man City, which yeah, obviously yeah. not the uh not the global machine that we see for Man City today. So what was what was Man City like in sort of the, the late nineties, early, early two thousands? See, I like I it was really strange because I've done um, after Leicester I went to Derby and I loved it. I absolutely loved it at Derby. Really did. Unbelievable setup. And then but the thing was, and I was doing really well, I had my most successful season there. I played like 35 games. The most consistent I played, and I went to see Jim Smith, and I said, "Look, um, what's your thoughts out of a band?" And he's like, "Mate, I love you, I really do, but I don't know whether to sell you or give you a big, massive contract." I was like, "Yeah, what are you want about? I'm like, sell me?" <laughs> and um, you know, as a player, when when you have a manager say that your head's gone and you've gone. Mm. And you just you're thinking right, that's it. And then I, I don't want to. I don't. I need to be looking at other things. And, I, and honestly, I, I, I loved I loved the club so much and the setup. We had um, we had a brilliant coaching staff, brilliant team. And I, I know it wasn't even in my in my thought process to be looking elsewhere until Jim said that. And then it was only when I found out that the club were in a bit of financial trouble that right. Pretty much everyone was on the market. 
Um, and I got a sniff from Man City. So I said to the sports site, we had a full-time sports site at Derby. I said to him, get, get me get me out of here, get me there. He went, Spence, I'm a Man City supporter, so I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> and fair play, he, I went up to meet Joe Royal and I, I walked out and saw the kid packs at Main Road and that was it. I just went, oh, Jesus. What am I coming into here? It's, it was so big. that, And it was so intimidating. Having never played there before, I'd, I'd never actually, you know, in, in, in the time of where, you know, Man City had been struggling and, and were coming back up. So I'd never crossed paths. But then seeing the kickbacks, getting a real feel for the supporters and the area, it was like, no-brainer, absolute no-brainer. Um, my first game, I think we played three, and I managed to score. I actually scored three goals in my first nine games, which anyone at South End would know, I was really not a goal-scoring centre-back. <laughs> uh, I managed to score three goals in nine games, and people were like, oh, he's a goal-scorer. I'm like, nah, don't bank on it. Uh, and yeah, we got like we, we you, you you knew the size of the club when at training at Platt Lane, you'd have ton, you literally would have hundreds of people standing there watching training behind wow. the fence and wanting autographs after training. It was it was full on. Um, You'd walk around, you get, you go out in the afternoon, you might go down into Manchester or into Trafferton, and you'd always have people wanting to talk to you. You know, they, 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 it was next level in terms of, I don't want to call it an invasion of privacy, but um, you just had to be really aware of what you were doing out and about because the city fans are freaking everywhere. They yeah. are everywhere. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's raised life. It's loads of people have said that that Manchester, like despite there being two huge clubs, it's full of City fans. There's no United well, there's fans in Manchester. So it was it was uh, a, a, a good time to be there. And we, we got promoted. It was only when we played that, that Blackburn game on the last day of the season where when we scored, where you realised that it was at Ewood Park, but we had 90%, I'm not kidding, 90% of the stadium were Man City supporters who had bought all the season tickets off the Blackburn supporters. <laughs> so it was, it was um, the scenes on the pitch after were, were, at, were amazing. And... Um, yeah, I love I love my time there. It was uh, a, a fascinating club to be at. Something that um, you know I, I I treasure it very highly. And obviously, like we getting promotion to the Premier League with them, mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of the catalyst for what has now become what it is. You know, it was yeah. it's always been a great club with an incredible fan base and a real good sense of community. But 
the uh, it's just ne it's gone next level now. And you know, I think whether we'd have got promotion or not, part of the catalyst I think was that we, you know, they they sort of people seen it in the Premier League. You know, we we signed players like Georgie Weir came in. Um, and, and he just put it back on the map, if you like, as a, as a Premier League club. So you look at it now, it's a completely different way, but um, yeah, it was a good time to be there. Yeah. So what, what brought you to an end then? How, how come you, you ended up leaving? Well, we got, we actually got relegated. So I think the club, you know, when we got promotion to the Premier League, the club had gone promotion, promotion, promotion. And I think it was a bit too too much too quickly mm. ready for the Premier League so by the time like we, we struggled that first season and then it was just hello I think I was pretty far down Hello. the pecking order in terms of Kevin Keegan's plans. Right. So, I, I, I never even met Kevin, but I got a phone call from Alan Cork saying, you know, would you be interested in coming down to Cardiff? He said, look, I've had a chat to Kevin and he says you're about fourth or fifth in the pecking order. And and I was one of those players that always play. I never wanted to pick up a paycheck. Uh, so I thought, oh, I'll go and have a chat. So I went down and saw, they were in League One at the time. So to go from the, having just coming out of the Prem to then drop back down to, in fact, it was League Two, to drop back down to where I'd almost started was a, was a, was a bit of a calculated risk because I, So he wanted to basically recreate a crazy gang at Cardiff, at Cardiff to what he'd done at Wimbledon. And, right. um, you know, he had all these grand ideas and he just needed to get some players in. And, you know, he had players like um, Graham Kavanagh and Peter Thorne sitting on the sideline waiting, but no one would commit. So it was like, yeah, we all like this plan, but no one was really locked into it. So I went down and saw Sam, liked the idea, didn't didn't sign, but then I went to, Sam wanted to do this wacky contract day, right? But we, <laughs> and we're, you're probably gonna to touch on what went in the contract, but he actually wanted in the, initially, he said, look, I'll give you this amount of money, but I'll give you, it was like, he was giving me, stupid money for clean sheet bonuses <laughs> and goal bonuses and I was like I ain't doing that because I'm you know the contract I'm on now I've still got another two years left so I'm not coming down for that so in the end I went across I, we, we it didn't happen Sam's words were like oh it's like Romeo and Juliet they both want each other but they can't and blah 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 I was like oh whatever Sam anyway I go across the Capri <laughs> I go to Capri on holiday and I'm not kidding. Literally, I bump into Alan Cork, the manager in Capri. We both get absolutely battered, like <laughs> battered. And 
next minute, I get back to my hotel room and Sam, the man's on the phone, says, you can have whatever you want. Corky wants you. He wants you that much. You can have whatever you want. So <laughs> I finished up signing down there and obviously the contract is what it is. Um, and yeah, it was, it was an interesting time, but it, I, I, I achieved what I wanted to achieve. Ultimately, I was part of a project. We were successful. We got promotion, and uh, yeah, that was that was why I left Man City. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Is it right, though, that you, you didn't always have the, the greatest relationship with the supporters at Cardiff? So what happened was, right, and this is why. The Queen Mum died. And there was meant to be a minute silence. And when you had a bunch of the fans standing behind the goal, singing, you can shove the royal family up your ass," I didn't appreciate that. Yeah. So I gave them a little bit of a gesture when the referee decided to cut the minute silence short. And that was my relationship with the Cardiff supporters. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. You know, I don't like that. I think, um, I think at the time there'd been a couple of real, a couple of Royal deaths that were quite significant. And, mm -hmm. you know, then when you add that, I was like, nah, didn't like it. And also, and this was, this was God's on it straight up now. They, on the back of the flag, on the back of the jersey, there's um, they got the Welsh flag, and mine, mine was coming off of my shirt, and they're like he's scratching the <laughs> scratching it off his shirt, but I wasn't. I swear I wasn't scratching it off at all. Um, but yeah, it was just a bit. It was a bit sour. But yeah. like I said, we got we got promotion, so. Um, I managed to get done what I needed to do there. And to be fair, like I said, I, I, I didn't enjoy it the last year. And I'd actually thought, that's it, I'm done. I've had enough of football. I can't be asked. I don't want to play anymore. And um, I was going to pack it in. So that's how, how old are you at that point? 32, 33. You're thinking of jacking it in? I think I was 33. Yeah, I'd had enough. Like, I, it wasn't enjoyable anymore. And I would literally, I, I lived just outside of Cardiff, near Newport. And I would literally get in my car, go train, get back in my car, go home. And yeah. 
and literally it became like a job. Yeah. And the love of football was kind of gone and I didn't enjoy it anymore. And yeah, I was just like, nah, done. It's not fun. I don't want to do it. Um, and we're just going to pack it in. Didn't have a plan B. We was just going to work something out when we moved home. So, um, yeah, that was that was um, that was me at that age. Yeah, but as the story goes, you didn't you didn't retire. You returned to Southend at, at this point. So when when did that come about? What well, obviously Steve Tilson was the manager. What uh, yeah. what what was said to you to to get you to come back? <laughs> I. I'd actually, first and foremost, spoke to Phil Parkinson. Okay. Because Phil, Phil was the one who said, mate, don't pack it in. So he came and visited. He came and visited me. We've moved back to, we've moved back to Essex. So he came over and Phil come and sat down with myself and the missus and had a chat and talked me around potentially trying to keep playing and, you know, it isn't a whole thing about play as long as you can. You know, you're a long time retired. So yeah, I, I, I said to him, I'll give it a go, and went and did a bit of training with Colchester, and was really, really close to joining actually. But I said to him, look, if I'm going to come back and do it, I, I would, I don't want to just do a year's contract. I'd rather do a two-year contract. So at the time, he said, our chairman isn't, isn't giving any two-year contracts. He's only giving one. He said, I'd love to get you it, but, and I'm really, really pushing, but the chairman won't break his policy and give out a two-year contract. So I got back in and was starting to still be training with him. And at the same time, I then thought, I oh, will bugger it. I might as well drop Tilly a call. So I phoned Tilly up and said, like, look, I'm going to keep playing. What do, you, what do you think? Do you think we can make something happen down here? And he's like, oh, you bastard. Like, you, <laughs> you stitched me right up. He said, I've done my budget for the year, but I'll have a look and see what I can do. So he went and had a chat to Ron, and lo and behold, they came up with a, a couple of year contract, and that was it. I was back in. So you would have obviously played with, with Tilly. You know him for your playing yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the first spell. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it as as it went on, you know, it, it was a bit of a rough start to, to that that first season back in your second spell. But we do we eventually win the playoffs that season. But yep. you know, how so how far into that season did did you you and the other players start to think well? You obviously haven't been part of a promotion before at the club. When when did you start to draw some comparisons between the two and think you, just no, get, we, we you could get do momentum, it. mate? You get momentum going, and it's. You, I guess you. We always maintain. I, we never really looked at it and thought about promotion. You, you don't. You just play. You just play week in, week out. You don't have time to think about that stuff. <coughs> I reckon. Um, I reckon once you start getting close towards the end of the season, maybe 10 games out, then you start looking and seeing what's going on with the table. But the rest of the time, you really don't. Unless you're down the bottom end mm. and you're trying to scrap and get out of it. Or if you're right at the top. But if you're in the middle, you're just, you're just plodding along, going along as you do. 
Oh, I'd kill to be in the middle right now. <laughs> Wouldn't you ever? It's only when you really get ten games out that you start to look and go, okay, right, what are the what are the what can we achieve here now? Rather than looking and constantly looking over your shoulder. Football's a game of survival, man. It really is. And if you're in this shit, then you're panicking. If you're up the top, it's lovely. And you tend not to look at the league and worry too much about it. Mm. Because it absolutely is a game of survival. Um and yeah, once we got in the playoffs, I think we did. We did all right in the in the in one of the the LDV Cup, didn't we? we so yeah. we had that experience as well of winning and playing a bit more tournament type football. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we just we just sort of managed to beat it. Yeah, yes, it was. Uh, once we got into the playoffs, we 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 knew we'd be all right. Mm. This is a story that I'd heard uh, from a couple of different sources down the years. I just wonder if you could confirm whether it's true or false, that it was it was your idea or you had some influence in massively like downplaying that playoff final. Because like you said, we'd been to the LDV final and we were there all suited and booted. We'd stayed in the fantastic hotel. Like, what was was it your idea to go? No, no suits, no, nothing fancy, just another game rock up and it's just another game absolutely because we we'd had that as well so the closest uh, and I was kind of falling back on my um, my time literally with Man City that game where we got promoted at Blackburn and it was just another game mm. and you rock up in the tracksuit it's not it's, it wasn't a cup final it, it, it's classed as a, a playoff final but it's not a cup final it's mm. another league game, if you like. It's just another game. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. You, you get, you get, you get teams, and you get people, players that you know. Every it's they they really do embrace and celebrate the good and and the good times. I was a bit too long in the tooth, and like I said, I've I've kind of not been down and over football, but like. I think by the time we won the, when we got through to the final, and there were people, there were players, and there were people, and they were probably still celebrating that we were going to be going and playing in the final. I was back home. I got myself back home. Um, I, I wasn't into that stuff, and I didn't really, I, I didn't really go out and mix too much in in that sort of regard, and yeah, just kept myself to myself. And it was another game, so. The, the the final was it was, a, it was a tough game, but you know we we had that experience of playing there, so we we had that as an as an additional bonus in terms of knowing what we were going to expect from an environment perspective. Mm. But we certainly didn't want to make it feel like a cup final. No, no. What what did you think when you saw Duncan Jupp through one on one with a goalkeeper? Um, how good is that? <laughs> that is one of my favourite. <laughs> That's one of the best moments in football that I've, I've <laughs> honestly, um, because he's such an amazing boy, eh? he's so yeah. good. And, um, you know, he, he wore his heart on his sleeve. He was, he was, he, he mixed really, really well with all the players. And, you know, it was, I was just buzzing for him, at, you know, to, to finally get to score a goal. What a great environment to do it in. And it took, and it took all the pressure off, eh? It took every inch of pressure off. Yeah. It, so. 
It's yeah. good. No, you're right. That, that is, is one of my, it's probably still in certainly my top three, like favorite South End moments. <laughs> good. I bet I know your favorite. I bet it's Freddie's go, isn't it? Ah, oh, do you know what? Because because ev- everyone says that. Bloody Freddie. Yeah. Everyone Bloody says Freddy. that. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't right up there, but I just I like to be a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just on there, you met you mentioned that that Man United game. Something that you mentioned there, like you keep you keep yourself to yourself and never got involved too much. Like this isn't a criticism of you, but like where um when that goal was scored that night, um like the team are all celebrating. You're just walking back to like your position is that is that you are you just no it's not it's not a criticism is is that you in the mindset now that now there's something to protect now that there's a clean sheet to to try and preserve are you just in the zone at that point i'm i'm always in it i was always in it so Mm. it was like yeah it was right switch on because that's when you're you're most vulnerable after you've just scored eh? yeah yeah well they they hit the post about 20 seconds later (laughs) (laughs) well i wasn't so I wasn't good enough that I could afford to go and just be blase and celebrate. And yeah, some players can and want to, and that's great. But no, that wasn't my style. So um, it, it never had been. It's funny, like we had, so at Derby, we had a thing where we, um, we, we were going to try where Steve Brown wanted to do this, where if we scored, we all sprinted. Back. We didn't celebrate. We all sprinted <laughs> back into our positions, ready to go again. And then we just went, right, we're ready. So <laughs> you, we, and it was that sort of mentality to go, no, nah, nah, just you score, you, then you switch back on again. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Good day, though. That was a great day. Yeah. I wasn't going to go and celebrate. It's too far for me to run. <laughs> <laughs> I love that 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 running back into position. That's brilliant. I love that idea. You imagine seeing that now? <laughs> I'd love to see that. I think that's cool. a brilliant idea. It'd be so cool, huh? Just sprint yeah. back and just it's a bit like basketball, eh? Where you you know, if you score, <laughs> they all just sprint straight back and get in their zone. Like, boom, there you go. So when you um that the end of that season season in the championship, you do eventually call it call it time was and then, of course, you emigrated. Was was that something that you'd known you wanted to do for a long time, move to Australia? Well, we, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, right? So we moved back to Essex, and the whole idea was to be back around family. And um, we thought it was going to be this lovely utopia, and it would be, we'd be, you know, we want to come over at the weekends, and we'll see everybody. But people still had their own lives, and was doing their own thing. Mm. And when we got back there, we just went, oh, it's pretty shit, isn't it? <laughs> Where are we going to go? What, like, there's got to be more to life than this. And um, I went up to London one day when we got really drunk with a mate and said, oh, Sydney sounds good. And next minute, the missus was on a plane checking it out. And this was at the start of 2004, maybe. 2000, yeah, maybe 2004. And she came over and she fell in love with it. And she said, you'd really like it. And I went, Let's have a go. And before you know, she's got um, she's got a, a four-year state-sponsored visa. So going into the last season, going into the last season, um, I think we maybe got halfway through the season, and then 
we knew we were going literally the week after the season finished. Well, so yeah, I, uh, I, it was all very quick, but we had to get out of there because of our medicals and stuff. We had our medical to come over, and the medicals are only valid for a certain amount of time, so we had to leave. Right. So was you always going to go no matter the circumstances at the South End? If that makes sense. You know, if we'd have stayed up and yep. maybe. Ah, oh, yeah, I was gone. I was gone. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Yeah. No, it's cool. Fair play. Make a mm. bold move like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, yeah. big decision to make that, isn't it? Just up yeah, it was, but it was, like I said, I mean, it was huge. We had three girls at that, so it was a huge family decision to, to move. But, you know, something that I've, I've no regrets over it. I missed the football, but I, um, on, a, on a day-to-day sort of place, it's, it's you know, I've, I've put my girls up in a really, really nice spot and they've, they've all done really well for themselves. So it's that legacy of what I've given my kids. Um, and, you know, they've got dual citizenship now, so they've got, they've got, they've got options and opportunities that, you know, a lot of people don't ever get. So, I, you know, I feel for it really lucky for it. It was a, it was a big move, but it's, it's, it's all right. It's one that's paying off. Yeah, you've uh, done a little bit, done a bit of coaching out there, haven't you, with um, the women's side? Yeah, well, I went so it, so I started doing my badges as soon as I got over here, and I've done my B license back in the UK and started my A license here. Right. And then while I was doing it, um, I got I got kind of I think I'd actually I don't know if I finished it. No, I was still doing it. I can't remember. Anyway, I was, while I was on the course, I met up with Tom Samani, who was the women's national team coach. He came and presented on the course. Anyway, his, his assistant got taken in with the men's national team, with the Socceroos, and it left a spot in 2011. It left a spot to go um, to the World Cup in Germany and coach with the national team and be the assistant. So I was like, fancy that. I'll have a go. And I've never coached female footballers before, but I went with them in 2011 and it went really well. We were really successful. Um, I then also took the head coaching role for the under 20 because there was a real synergy between the players. There was a lot of players that were in the senior team that were also eligible for the 20s. So they put me in charge of that as well. Um, And then, yeah, I, I did that for a, a little bit and then and then got caught up in some political stuff that was going on at the time so that finished and finished up you know I've taken a couple of other coaching roles since I've <coughs> sorry been over to Thailand and took their women's national team and yeah it's I kind of keep falling back into coaching women's football but it's yeah. not something that I'm conscious of it's just something that I've <coughs> Yeah, you know, I don't mind doing. Actually, I've been, I've been pretty all right here and pretty successful. So it's something that you know, if people value that, then I don't think it's relevant whether you're a male or female coaching women's football. It's just that the players want good, good coaching. Yeah, it doesn't matter with what the sex is. Uh, no, you know we've we've seen that with England now. You know they've had. They've had, um, they've had a reasonably good, successful couple of few years, and now they've gone down the path of 
doing different things as well and bringing someone new in. So hopefully that would be successful for them. Yeah. What's, what's the biggest differences between sort of men's and women in football? Or in terms of coaching it anyway? Uh, industrial language. Really? Yeah, you literally don't swear. I, 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 I've never been a swearer as a coach, but you don't. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cuss with a female player the same as I would with a male player. Mm. So yeah. that's really the only difference. Technically, you know, in terms of the speed of the game, of course, it's a bit more slower, but it's a bit more technical as well in terms of how you have to make sure that that's spot on. Um, things like goalkeepers, you, you can't you can't expect the goalkeeper to be able to plant and then dive the same, a, a female goalkeeper, the same as a male goalkeeper. Yeah. So when you're talking about switching play, you might have to have an extra pass in there to switch play, you know? Yeah. Because a, a, a female footballer probably can't drill a ball on a big diagonal, yeah. the same as a male can. Right, and that's that's just biomechanics, which is understandable. Um, yeah, that's, it. that's the only difference. Yeah. Oh, that's good to see. Yeah, so just um, just as we start to what wind it down here, we've got um, yeah, there's uh, I've got you... a meeting saying I've got to do my job. <laughs> just just really quickly then like this this summer yeah. before um before we made a managerial appointment you were you were quite yeah. vocal about how you know the club needed a whole restructure possibly like a new chief exec in yeah. place uh you know making the right appointment identifying the style etc cetera, etc cetera. you look if you look at the slight upturn in fortunes now yeah. since obviously a transfer embargo got lifted do, do you think we got that appointment right with the current manager um, yeah, I do actually. I do, and time will tell. And he needs time. And yeah. I think Ron will give him time. I think Ron will give him time for numerous factors. One, because he probably can't afford to pay him off. <laughs> also, because I think he, you know, he genuinely believes that the, the guy's got the best intention. He's throwing all his energy into the club. Yeah. Um, that's, um, that's not to be disrespectful to the guys that were there before. Um, but I think that he's coming with a fresh new approach. What I find, what I find really interesting at the moment is he's, he came in with a philosophy and an idea that he wanted to play this great possession-based football style. But he started picking up results now by not playing that way. Yeah. And so, you know, when you go in as a manager and you say how oh, you want to play, but you then compromise it, you better make sure you're winning games because that's when you then have a, a real expiry date on your shelf life yeah, in terms yeah. of being a manager. You know, if you start compromising your own philosophy and of course you've got to adapt and be agile in terms of how you want to do that. But I think he's now seen the next level in terms of what it's like being in a new league. Yeah. And he's adapted and he's adjusted. And, you know, yeah, I think, like I said, he's brought in a few staff with him that have got different ideas. He seems to be more forward thinking rather than just um, a bit like churning the old bunch of managers around that we've seen for so many years. It's refreshing to get someone new in 
yeah. you know, I, I really hope it does work out for him. And whatever anyone says about Ron, I hope it works out for him too, because, you know, he has put a lot of money into the club, rightly or wrongly, whatever anyone says about him. Yeah. Without him, the club's gone ski. So, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I do hope that the club's successful. Yeah, cool. Just really quickly before before you go, yeah. we, we we got a couple of yeah. questions that um that some fans have come in with. We'll, we'll run through these really quickly. Uh, yeah. we've we've got one from Pete who says um he remembers on Soccer AM years ago hearing that you were into your heavy metal with bands such as Slipknot. Uh, so oh, were, were you ever allowed to control the music in the changing room? Never. They wouldn't let me anywhere near it. <laughs> Yeah, well, to be so, I kind of wasn't really into that in the first place. You know, I'm an Essex boy, so it was always a bit bloody soul and R&B shite. But <laughs> that kind of changed. And then it was only when I went to Leicester that I was, Casey Keller said, come on, we're going to go and, go and watch this band play. So Casey Keller got me into the rock music. Um, we used to go to a place called Rock City in Nottingham, which was insane. Yeah. And we saw bands yeah. like, uh, um, uh, who did we see there? We saw System of a Down, The Offspring. Bloody uh, hell. Silver, <laughs> that is heavy. Silver Chair. Silver <laughs> Chair. They will, this young 16-year-old boy says, you've got to come and watch this young 16-year-old Aussie boy play from a band called Silver Chair. And... Um, we went and yeah, so we saw those sort of bands there. It was good. And then obviously so, so I went to places like Download. Yeah, he got me into it. <laughs> and you were never, <laughs> never allowed near the, the changing room music? <laughs> Ever. They wouldn't let me near it. No one, no one. Uh, we got next one from Chris who asks, <laughs> is there any job in football that could ever tempt you to move back to England? Yeah. Well, I won't say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there is. I, you, you know, I would never rule it out. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. But, you know, and I'm not stupid in terms of sort of where the level that I'm at. I'm also cautious and mindful that, you know, my, my pro license was done through AFC. And the Euro snobs tend to go, well, it's not, you know, you've got yeah. an AFC pro license. But I've seen some content from the UEFA Pro and man, let's be honest, I'll be honest, it's not even as good as the A license that we did. Like, but I, there are jobs that I would come back for, but I'm not looking. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, we, 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 we saw some content last season as well that's from a supposed yeah. A license. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we'll just leave it at that. Yep. Yeah, don't don't do any licenses in Wales. I think was the message that we got from that one. <laughs> oh, don't say that. No, look. My, <laughs> so my uh, what I would say is a guy called Rob Sherman, who's been down here in Australia, used to work. He was the technical director for the World Chef A few years back. The content of stuff that he puts in courses is insane. It's next level. Like it really is. Um, I don't know what's going on there now. But I can all I can say is that you know having worked with some somebody like him and seeing the courses he wrote, the, the the pro license down here now is as good as anything you would get over in Europe, honestly. But you know, you, like you say, you've got well, you can 
man, you can go over to Ireland and you can get yeah. it done anywhere, the pro license and the consistency of the courses. And that's, that's where uh, I think some stuff's yeah. missing out, eh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, just for a final one then from uh, Yorkshire Blue, who asks, uh, if you could relive one day from your career, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Um, one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one. No, seriously, it's like. <laughs> no, I don't really have one, honestly. <laughs> I've got a good. Because I look at everything where I've made mistakes and I think about wanting to try and do them again. I wouldn't have been the player I'd been if I hadn't made those mistakes. So yeah. I'm glad I made them and use them as learning opportunities. Yeah, uh, I don't. And then, you know, obviously, in terms of some successful days, I had a, there was a few good ones. You know, we talked a bit about Bayern Munich. We talked a bit about Man City, the promotion. Um, you know, I've got some some great stuff. Obviously, with Southend, good promotion days. I don't, I don't. They're they're just there, and and there's too many to to want to go too back many and pick one. one again. I don't yeah. want to pick one out. Nah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That means you had a good career, mate, if you've got too many to pick from. Yeah. yeah. Before we do, I've got one as well. It's actually not South End related, but we did sort of touch on it. But there's got to be some funny Sam for Man stories, surely. Or something about that contract. There's got to be something dodgy in there. Well, the thing do. was with Sam was when I went and met him the first time, We got I got Sam drunk and he fell asleep next to the speaker <laughs> in the bar. Seriously, he fell asleep next to a speaker. The contract with the sheep's testicles was funny, eh? It was just for, it was just standard, Sam. It was kind of just, yeah, just wanted to really, you know, not upset the Welsh guys, but wanted to be like, we're the sheep shaggers. So yeah. we might as well play that card. And, yeah. you know, people like Rushy and Rushy got proper filthy over it uh, and called it that we were insulting the Welsh. But it was actually a, a bit of a play on... You know, on something that yeah. wanted to just get people in, engaged with Cardiff. Well, uh, we'll, we'll let you crack on. Thank you so much for, for taking good, some time. Good to talk to you. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks good luck for the rest thank of the you. season, all right? Cheers, Hope mate. It all goes yeah. well. Good luck. See ya. See you yeah, later. Mate, see you soon. Cheers, see mate. Ya. Right. See ya. It was, when he's talking about the crew, he's had it, it made me realise, though, just how sort of big it was you know for the for the size clubs yeah you know it was, it's quite it just makes you yeah it, you almost don't think Spencer Pryor when you think when I think Spencer Pryor I just think South End you know but when you look at his entire career yeah it's, it's impressive mm. yeah it's a seriously impressive career yeah I guess it's probably because well me, me and you are very similar age when I saw him play it was at the end of his career so yeah. you don't necessarily know what what had come before that. So I mean, you are always picturing as the sort of, you know, it, it was still probably nearly fifteen, or fifteen years ago, but as the the old, experienced centre half when he was about yeah. what thirty three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but obviously yeah, I've only then, ever known him as a veteran. Career, you know? Yeah, but he's had all that career before. He, he, I just yeah, I just didn't realise until we started talking about it. It's, it was. Yeah, it's really impressive, I think. Yeah, 
But a great guy as well. Yeah, yeah, so, great, yeah. great fella. Great fella. Loves, love, love his honesty. And yeah, no, very extremely thankful for him coming having a chat with us because again, we want to add that we don't, we, we literally chance a hand with these, with these guys. Like, let's, let's have a chat. Spencer was actually someone that we, we spoke to about probably six months ago in the, the peak of that first lockdown period for us here in the UK, where we wanted to try and get him on then and, you know, couldn't, couldn't make it happen because me and farms went back to work and just schedules like we couldn't make it work at that time. But this time around, he actually got in contact with us and said, look, let's, let's do it. So I think that that sums up what a, what a, what an ordinary bloke he is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, it's got got a few more lined up to be fair, haven't we? So um, yeah, we got we got a few. We got a few that we're uh, we're working on. Hope you you know in, enjoyed that little change in format where we announced it prior to recording. So you, no pun intended that uh, you could <laughs> get some. I didn't actually mean that that you could get some questions in. But obviously the risk. The reason we've not really done that is because you risk if if someone lets you down then we're the ones that get which left. we have had actually haven't we we have we had, had a couple of times already a couple so. yeah we won't name names but they're still listen yeah. people are busy it's a it's a whirlwind world at the moment people have got families yeah. it's not a criticism like you can't come and have a chat with two random blokes that you don't know but yeah yeah so you do obviously leave yourself wide open to that risk that someone can let you down after you've advertised it but yeah we'll keep yeah. trying thankfully that one worked and yeah, thank no, you to everyone that, that yeah, did send in some some questions. Yeah, and as we say, you know, we had some fit into an hour, unfortunately, because he was going to work, but um, sort of couldn't fit sort of everything that we did plan on getting in there. But um, mm. it was still a good chat, and I said I'd, I'd like to get him on again if he's ever ever free, or even if he's over here one time, you know, on a holiday or something. I'd love to try and get something done then. So, no, I wouldn't uh, be coming to the UK for a holiday anytime soon, would you? If- <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't do it anyway, but you never know. You might want to see some family or something. But yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, it won't be too long before we can we can sort the next one. We'll, well during, oh, when we record the next one, we'll be out the relegation zone then. So yeah, we won't be out of lockdown. We'll be out the relegation zone. Yeah, I'll take yeah, even out the even out the scenes is void. But yeah, I'll take I'll take either. Once again, thanks to to people that that did send in the questions and uh, yeah we'll see you very soon yeah thank you see you later the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds however When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.